Hello and welcome to Walk to Wellbeing, the wellness podcast from Health and Wellbeing magazine, sponsored by Sketches. I'm Holly, the editor of Health and Wellbeing, and each episode you and I get to join someone as they go for a walk, eavesdropping on them as they talk through their own wellness journey. Each of our guests will answer the same questions, but the conversation, like their walk, might meander a bit as they go. After we leave them, I'll be joined by some of the magazine team to pick out the things from that walk that we want to put into action right away in our lives. Think about your answers to each question as you listen too. And if you'd like to record your own walk to wellbeing, you can. Just download the question pack from healthwellbeing.com and we would love to hear it. Right now though, for our next episode, we're about to join our fabulous columnist, Andrea McLean, presenter, author, founder of This Girl Is On Fire, as she steps out of her front door in Surrey in May 2021. Right. Off we go. Take the glasses off. So, Teddy, let's get the house keys so I can... Hi, I'm Andrew McLean, and I'm about to head out on my normal daily walk. So everything that you are about to hear is exactly as it would be uh, me going out for a walk. Uh, this is the sound of my keys as I set the alarm. You ready, Teddy? He is ready, ready, ready. Let's go. Put my keys in my pocket. And off we go. Oh, actually, before we do anything, this is something I do every time I go for a walk, um, which is set my Apple Watch so that it records because I find it really annoying if I go for a walk and it hasn't recorded. It almost feels like it, it, it doesn't count, which is ridiculous because, you know, if you still go for a walk, just because you haven't got your Apple Watch on, it still is a walk. Sometimes I wonder if I could just put it on Teddy because he literally does about 10 miles to my one. So, I live in a little village in Surrey. Um, it is called Ashdid and it's near sort of Epsom, that sort of way. And uh, I've lived here for about 13 years now. And I live just on the edge of the village, which is really nice. The walk that I'm going to take you on today is one that I do pretty much every day. Um, because I have a dog and he needs to get out, even when I don't. So as you can hear, it takes me along the road, which can get a little bit busy. Uh, the dog in question is called Teddy. He is a Cavapoo. He's 18 months old and he's got lots of energy. And uh, we like this walk because you don't have to get in the car to go for it. We're really lucky around here. There's lots of fields and open spaces and this sort of thing. And uh, funnily enough, even though I've, I've lived here for so long, I only discovered this actual walk in lockdown um, because before then we used to drive to places and so this was a real find actually. Um, one of the things that's really sad is we've recently discovered that the whole area and it's quite a few miles of fields has all been sold off so in a couple of years it's going to be covered in houses and it won't even be there anymore which is a bit of a shame. I'm probably going to get out of breath because Teddy walks a lot faster than I normally do. I'm actually really glad I'm doing this today because the weather has been minging. It, uh, it has been raining, thundering and raining. It was hailing at one point all day today. And uh, I'm in the middle of writing my fourth book, which is lovely but it involves me literally getting up at six 
Um, I like to do my yoga and do some sort of stretching uh, every day because otherwise I seize up if I don't. Um, I like to meditate so that my mind is nice and calm. Have a bit of breakfast and then get cracking. And so I've literally been sat at a desk for, what time is it now? Just gone six o'clock. I've been sat at my desk. I sat down probably half past seven this morning for a very long time, apart from loo breaks and the odd jumping up and doing some jumping jacks to try and keep myself, I'll keep myself going. So actually it's really nice to get out and do a walk. Um, Feels like it is starting to rain again, which is not ideal. But there we are. Right, let's have a look at these questions. What gets you out on a walk? Well, I think I've kind of answered that one. What gets me out on a walk is the dog. But to be honest, um, it's something I would do anyway. One of the things, like many people during lockdown, that kept me sane was going for walks because obviously I couldn't go. Um, I couldn't travel into London. I wasn't running around, going to meetings and doing all the stuff that I normally do. And I was working from home and just um, forcing myself to, to get out and just do some form of movement really, really helped me. And it's a habit that's just sort of stuck, to be honest. Um, I wouldn't have necessarily taken myself up for a walk before, unless I was, you know, going to walk the dog. Um, <laughs> even putting it that way, take myself out for a walk. I'll take the dog for a walk, but I won't take myself out for a walk. Um, but yeah, it's kind of stuck. Oh my goodness, it's now really starting to rain. Run, Teddy, we're in crossroad. Right, hood up. So yeah, that is what gets me out and about. I normally do, I would say on average, about two miles a day. Sometimes more, very rarely less. That was a, how you say, boy racer. I normally walk about two miles a day, every day. Um, I would say rain or shine, but it's normally shine. Not very good at walking in the rain. Um, who does want to walk in the rain? But yeah, it's normally about two miles. Um, that's kind of the minimum that I do. It almost feels like it doesn't count if I do any less than that. Sometimes we just walk around the block, which is about a mile, and we'll do that twice. Or we do it once, head in, do a bit more work, and then we go out and we do it again the other way. Um, but really my favorite thing to do is to head out on a really good long walk. What I normally do, um, Nick and I, my husband and I, we work together on our business. So quite often our, our days are spent sitting side by side working. So if we come out for a walk, it, work normally carries on. And it's kind of where we, I suppose we brainstorm really. It's where we, because we're not doing, we're thinking. And we, we make plans, we think things through. Um, sometimes we daydream about, oh my gosh, wouldn't it be amazing if? And we have those kind of conversations. That's kind of what I do. And I'm heading out for a walk. It is gonna get much quieter in a minute. I'm still walking along the streets to get to the, uh, to the countryside. But in a moment, it's quite near the M25 actually, unfortunately, so you will hear a bit of that. Where's my dream walk? <laughs> Think about where you would like to be. Well, I must admit, anywhere but here right now, considering I'm getting absolutely soaked. <laughs> I'm just laughing, because anyone thinking, she lives in the countryside, it is so noisy. It is really noisy. Um, it's mad. 
People tend to drive a lot faster, I find, in the countryside, actually. They kind of put their foot down because they think, yay, the roads are clear, so do get a lot of that. But yeah, it will get quieter in a minute. Got very soggy notes now. So, what is my dream walk? My dream walk is anywhere that is warm, if I'm really honest. I am a, I'm a, I'm a sun bunny, I suppose. Um, I actually grew up in the Caribbean. I grew up in Trinidad and Tobago in the Caribbean. And I love being warm. I love, I love blue skies. I love the feeling of the sun on my head and on my face. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of more about that than anything else. It really, really, the weather really invigorates me or deflates me. I'm, I suppose I was the perfect person to be a weather presenter because I was really affected by the, the weather. I always have been. Um, so for me, my dream walk would be somewhere in the sun. Can you hear that? That's the rain. <laughs> the sun is very far away right now. So we're now coming through some trees. And uh, we're about to pop out the other side into the fields. where it is absolutely chucking it down. Hey Teddy, let me take you, take that off. Run free, run free! Just thinking about favourite walks and things. Um, one of my favourite things to do on holiday, and for me a holiday always involves a beach and sunshine. I can't see the point in going somewhere where I have to be as equally wrapped up against the rain as when I'm at home. How's that a holiday? That's just going somewhere else. It's not a holiday. Um, for me, one of my favourite things to do to just walk along the sand and I suppose I'm quite particular I prefer a sandy beach to a cobbledy beach I like a quiet beach as opposed to a busy beach and I like really gentle waves nothing too big and crashy unless I'm you know just going for a walk and having a look at it but I'm not going to swim in it but if it was a, a lovely gentle walk um, like a holiday type walk then that's the kind of beach walk that I like. Hello. Oh, yeah. Does he realise what he's costing you? In what? In this? I know. <laughs> it's quite nice in a weird sort of way, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Oh, you've got your coat on as well. <laughs> yeah. And a ball. Just a. In a strange it's not way. For him, it's for me, really. I know. It's actually nice to get out, isn't it? Yeah. And get some fresh air. Yeah. Because otherwise, we go out four times a day normally. Four times? Yeah. Wow. You're good. You're better than me. <laughs> Keeps you warm. <laughs> Do you know, this is one of the things I love about walking with a dog is that you chat to people. I'm quite shy and I'm not really very good at being sociable. I tend to just kind of smile and look away. Um, but when you walk with a dog, you end up chatting to all kinds of people and it becomes like like when you have kids and you have no idea what the parents' names are and you just know, oh, that's so-and-so's mum. You know the names of the dogs or you know the breed of the dogs and uh, you recognise the faces. Especially because where I am now, this is uh, where I always come. See, I, I get to know a few people. Oh dear, this is a doggy who isn't always very friendly. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Come on, Teddy. Come on. He's quite a big doggy. He luckily is on a lead. Teddy, come. Teddy. Good boy, good boy. But I like it. I actually really like the fact that uh, 
you meet other people who say things like, aren't we mad out walking in the rain to walk our dogs? So yeah, would I necessarily choose it? No, I'd rather be on a beach in Barbados. But actually, there is something lovely about it. Where I'm walking now is, how do I describe this? It's where I come to clear my head because all you can see is rolling green hills of Surrey, trees and fields as far as the eye can see and big, big skies. It's one of the things I really love about living where I live is the big skies. And even now it's you know, the sky is really grey and the clouds look really low. But there's this little chink and the sun is coming out and actually the rain is lit. It looks like movie rain. It's raining so hard. But as my mum always said, there's no such thing as bad weather, just bad clothes. And I'm dressed for it, so it's all good. But no, I love it because it's a, it's a good few miles and um, it's such a change away from sitting staring at a laptop which is what I, how I tend to spend my days where would I really like to walk in the future my dream my goal my vision is to spend half the year if not more living somewhere warm um, I don't like winter in this country it it is dark for too long. It's, it's the lack of light that I absolutely struggle with. And I've got to a point where I just don't want to do it anymore. So with our business that, you know, we're working all these crazy hours on, the aim of it is that it can be the kind of thing that we can work on our computer from anywhere in the world. So my dream walk would be that I open my back door and I walk out into a little bit of garden and then I open a little gate and there's a sandy beach and I step out onto the sandy beach and it's empty and it's clearly not mine because I don't own an island but it's empty and I can walk along and think and have my toes in the sand and in the water and just have a clear head. That's my dream walk. I suppose I, when I picture it, I always picture it somewhere like Barbados because when we've been on holiday there, the beaches there are so beautiful and the sea is so white. The sea is blue and sorry and the sand is so white and it's so soft. That's kind of how I always picture it. That's, that's what paradise looks like to me. What does switching off look like to you? Well, for me, switching off is put my phone down. I don't bring my phone with me if I'm going on my walk. Well, well if I'm with if I'm walking with my husband, I don't bring my phone because I like somebody to have one. It just doesn't have to be me. Um, when I'm when I'm walking on my own, um, I uh, I normally listen to a podcast or an audio book or something like that and just really let my mind wander. And uh, I know, you know, technically it's not switching off because I'm listening to something, but it kind of is because I just let my mind wander and. The words kind of drift in and out and I like how it distracts me from how far I'm walking. I don't really think about it too much. That is switching off. Um, I never feel the need to take selfies and post about where I am or anything like that because that just feels like work and I don't want to work when I'm switched off. I just want to be. So that is switching off to me.
interesting question. How selfish are you able to be in your life? I say I don't think of it as selfish. I think of it as self-love, not selfish. But it's taken me a very, very long time to get to that point. And I suppose that's where having a dog helps because you're multitasking. You know, you can, you can almost tell yourself, oh, I just need to go out for an hour to walk the dog. It's not me that wants to have a, have a walk. I'm doing it for him. That kind of thing. And that's probably how I was before lockdown. But during lockdown, actually, I realised how important it was for me to stop and just have a walk. And so I learned to sort of reframe it so that it, it wasn't cloaking my selfishness in, in acts of generosity, as in walking the dog. Actually, it was something that I needed to do and was really important for me to do. Um, for me, switching off as well is, is why I do, I do yoga pretty much every morning. Um, I mean, I do it because I'm literally like the Tin Man. I am so stiff that if I didn't do it every day, I'd, sometimes I worry that my limbs would actually seize up and fall off because I get so unbelievably stiff. People think because I do yoga I must be really flexible, and it's not. It's the opposite. It's, it's, um, it's to keep me just able to move. I genuinely don't know why my joints are as bad as they are, but they just are. Um, but also... I just, I just love how you can't think of anything else and it doesn't feel like a punishment because, yeah, it hurts. You get out of breath and you shake a bit when you're really pushing yourself. But mentally, I think because you're focusing on your breathing and you're holding poses and, and this sort of thing, same sort of stuff with weight training, I, I really enjoy. It's very slow and steady. Anything that's kind of thrashing about and people shouting at me I'm really not into that just feels like a punishment life's hard enough so that's not my bag it's not what I do so I suppose they would be my rituals to switch off for me morning and evening rituals and routines are really important I, I think your day starts the night before so the night before, I always check, check my diary. I see what I've got coming up the next day. I make sure that I'm prepared. I don't like going to bed and not really knowing what's coming the next day because you feel a bit, you know, what time have I got to get up? What am I doing? Um, so obviously, I'm not really going anywhere right now because I'm working from home. But I still tend to lay my clothes out the night before just like I did, um, you know, when I was heading in to work on TV or going into meetings every day. Now our meetings are on Zoom, so I don't need to necessarily leave the house. But I like to plan ahead. I also, um, I've, I've just done this for years. I always lay my gym gear out on the bar, in the bathroom, either on the windowsill or the bathroom floor, so that when I get up in the morning, it's the first thing I see, and there is no excuse. It's literally there. And it just makes it so much easier. I can just put it on before I'm even fully awake, and then start brushing my teeth, wash my face. And by the time I've woken up, I'm literally standing in my gym gear. <laughs> so I'm ready to go and do my yoga and everything downstairs. I also, um, in the morning, the first thing I do is the night before, I always leave a nice big glass of water with some lemon in by the side of my bed so that when I wake up in the morning, there's a nice glass of lemony water ready to drink. So again, I don't need to think about it. It's, it's no effort at all to do it the night before, but it would be a right faff if I had to do it in the morning. So I see it as just saving time. And I suppose the three rituals that I have in the morning, other than have a glass of water with some lemon in. You know, I have my stuff laid out the night before, but that's like a night before ritual. I always make my bed. Um, I know technically you're supposed to let it air for a little bit, but if I did that, it would, it would feel like I just hadn't done something. So 
I make my bed as soon as I get up. And I make my bed like a hotel. I literally, it's got a throw, it's got six cushions and four pillows and all this sort of thing. And I make it so inviting, literally everything is tight and gorgeous so that it's a real treat when I get back in at night. I hate the idea of getting into an unmade bed at night because I've worked so hard, I deserve a nice, a nice bed. So that's why I do it. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Good. He's, like, too, too small. He's, He's found too someone small. to play with. Yeah. Like, I, I can't run as fast. <laughs> <laughs> he keeps on like, like, just like falling on the floor and like dripping on the... Uh, Teddy just wants to be chased. He doesn't want you to chase him. He yeah. wants to be chased. And that's the thing. He, he would probably like, he would love it, but right now... <laughs> he, he can't do it. Can't <laughs> His legs are too little. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. So... The third thing I do in the morning is I finish my shower with cold water every morning and I put it down to as cold as I can take it. So it's, um, it's at, at least zero degrees, um, which is as cold as it sounds. And this was something that um, I probably started nearly two years ago. Um, Someone introduced me to, to um, Wim Hof, not literally, although that would be amazing. I'd love to meet him because he looks really interesting and sounds really interesting. Um, uh, just about the benefits of, of um, bathing in cold water. Now, I have my normal really, really, really hot shower because I like a hot shower. And then I just finish off with, um, with a cold blast. And it used to be that, oh my goodness, 10 seconds. And I was screaming. And then it got to 20. And now I can do I can do a few minutes. And that's not to say that every morning I look forward to it. I don't. But I know how good it is for me. And so I do it. And I I do it by telling myself, it is what it is. Just get on with it. And I switch, I switch the water down. I start my deep breathing, I do my Wim Hof breathing, and I just step in. And that moment when your whole body goes, what the hell are you doing? I make my brain kick in, and I just keep telling myself, it is what it is. It is what it is. Just get on with it. And after a while, I don't need to say that anymore. How I get round this sounds a bit weird, but I take the phone into the shower with me. I have a little shelf in there that's away from the water and I listen to the radio and I tell myself, right, I'm going to last this whole song. And um, sometimes if it's a really good song and another really good song comes on, I last a few. And weirdly, the longer you're in there, you don't think about it and you feel so good, so good when you come out. So those are my sort of rituals in the morning. Glass of lemon water, always make my bed and finish my shower with cold water and Wim Hof breathing. I've got two big dogs coming towards us now. Great big black labs and they're gorgeous. Hello. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Yeah. Thank you, that's really yeah. kind of you. Hello, are these all yours? No, no, just these two black ones are, yeah. <laughs> oh, they're very handsome. Oh, he's a bit of a bully. Is he not yours? He's just no, no. tagging along. Okay. Okay. Nice to meet you. Bye. Jo, this is something that I've loved so much, is that more and more people are stopping me and saying, oh, I'm in your community. I get your newsletter and uh, it's really great just I mean that was that was quite a short conversation but sometimes when I'm out walking women will stop me and, and just tell me what a difference I'm making and that makes me feel so good.
If you could see what I could see, Teddy is literally being chased within an inch of his life. He is the happiest dog in the world. All he wants is to be chased. Not interested in chasing, just wants to be chased. <laughs> that was good, wasn't it? You are now totally soaked and covered in mud. What, who is really nailing their well-being in your life? I would say my husband, Nick. He, um, he's so focused on everything that he does. Everything. He's, he's the most focused person I know. And it can drive me to distraction because I'm, I have moments of clarity, but I'm not always that focused. I kind of, I like to footer about, as my mum says, but he is really focused. And he's just made his daily habits so much part of his life that he genuinely doesn't think about them anymore. Um, so he, same thing, glass of water by the bed. But as soon as he gets up in the morning, he's on it. He literally, he's doing press-ups, sit-ups, pull-ups, handstands. He's trying to, he's trying to train at the moment to do the human flag. And if you don't know what that is, um, it's like a gymnastics thing. It's, uh, it's basically where you are so fit and strong that you can pull yourself up so that you are at right angles to a pole, like a flag. That's his goal. So he is super, super focused on all of that at the moment. Um, and he, he's really focused on his, on his diet, on his water intake. Um, he is unbelievable when it comes to going to bed and going to sleep. I lay there for ages, mulling over everything that I feel has gone wrong in the day, and he literally goes, no mate, and that's it, he's, he's unconscious. Um, but yeah, whatever he's doing, it works really, really well for him. And uh, I think he's nailing it. Who inspires me? He does actually. He drives me mad, don't get me wrong. Absolutely mad. It's quite frustrating living with someone who's nailing it because when you're falling off wagons and getting back on again, it makes you feel a little bit rubbish. But no, he inspires me, he's amazing. And what about them do I try and emulate? I try and be as focused as he is. Um, but I tend to kind of whine and thrash about a bit more than he does, if I'm being brutally honest. When you're feeling stressed, how do you combat your triggers? Um, I remove myself. Uh, I, I either remove myself from the situation or I, or I say something. And both of those were not things that came naturally to me. Um, I, I still naturally, by default, I'm a holder-inner. I'm not very good at, at saying that I'm feeling uncomfortable or I'm feeling like this isn't working for me in terms of I'm now starting to feel stressed or unhappy or, or that sort of thing. And I think a lot of that was to do with my upbringing, you know, that kind of stiff upper lip generation. And, um, but I'm so much better at it now. And so that's what I, what I do. I may not, you know, if, if you're in a public arena or whatever, you don't necessarily tell everyone, I'm feeling quite stressed now, I'll just make an excuse and, and go, but that's, that's what I'll do. When was the last time you challenged yourself to try something new or different? Um, six months ago, when I quit my job. That was a challenge, and it was different and new. Uh, six months ago, I, I left behind a career that had lasted for a quarter of a century. I'd spent nearly 25 years, so I was about 23, I think, in total, working at ITV. Um, I'd, I'd anchored Loose Women for 13 years. I was the longest serving host. I'd done more shows and 
at one point everybody, but I'm sure I've been taken over now. Um, but it just wasn't working for me anymore because I, I really felt like I had a calling to do something else and I, I tried to do both at the same time but it didn't work and then I just felt that I needed to to jump in with both feet and I was really scared because it meant leaving a salary I mean I know I was I was I was freelance but it was still a, a, a salary um, it meant leaving behind you know, work that came alongside it. Um, and it meant a very, very uncertain future. And it was in the middle of a global pandemic where I was very fortunate to have work in the first place. So I took advice from people and every single one of them told me I was mad not to do it. And I did it anyway. And I can honestly say I've never been happier. And it's actually so nice to say that out loud. I love what I'm doing. I get so much joy and fulfillment out of it. Um, it's not easy. There's really long hours. There's so much uncertainty. There's making mistakes and hoping that, you know, we're learning on the go. Um, there's the mortgage. There's all of those things. But... I would say that it's the bravest thing I've ever done and the biggest challenge I've ever undertaken was leaping into the unknown as a 51-year-old woman who was the breadwinner, who was a known face because it meant if I got it wrong, if it didn't work, you know, it's not just the neighbours who'd be going, hey, that was a bit embarrassing, that didn't work. It's the whole country would know. And sometimes that sort of fear of embarrassing yourself just makes you stay. But actually I didn't care because at least I tried. And um, touch wood, fingers crossed, all of those things, it's actually going really well. And I love it. And I wouldn't change a thing. And I'm so happy that I took a deep breath and I jumped into the unknown. When was the last time you cried? Oh my goodness, the last time I cried was about two days ago and it was because I watched the first episode of This Is Us. My neighbor recommended it. We have like a little WhatsApp thing where we, it's like a book club but for telly shows where we tell each other sort of what's the latest thing and all that. And I'd, I was telling her about um, Startup, which I inhaled on Netflix, which is really good. Um, and she said, oh, have you? Have you watched This Is Us? And I'd kind of heard about it, so I stuck it on. Oh my gosh. I was in bits by the end. Um, but it was like happy crying, because it was really good. But in terms of sad crying, um, probably a few months ago, when, you know, in the depths of lockdown and January, New business, learning, 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 literally trying to climb a mountain made of sand. I shed quite a few tears then because it just was really hard and I was worried and scared. No, apart from that, I can't think. I know the last time I nearly cried was when I dropped a dumbbell on my foot and it really hurt and I thought I'd broken my toe. And um, I was at the gym and I had to do that thing where you keep it really quiet and hobble out because you don't want to embarrass yourself in front of anyone. But uh, breaking news, it wasn't broken, just very sore. What's one recent little win that you're happy with? I just signed a book deal for my fourth book. And I know, you know, so it's a little win. It's a huge win, it's huge. But it made me so happy because I've always wanted to be a writer and I have two Sunday Times best-selling books. I have one that nearly got into the, into the top 10. It made it to number 13, so it was so close. Um, you know, I've already written three books. This is going to be my, 
my third, my second self-help book, but my third kind of helping people book. And it is all about being brave. And when I pitched it and I, I sent it in and had my fingers crossed, I thought it was a great idea, but you don't know whether they're going to agree with that or not. And they said yes. And that's so brilliant. And it, it's not the kind of win where you kind of, you know, scream and yell and run into the street. It's quite a quiet win because then the hard work starts and you have to sit at your desk for 12 hours a day writing. But um, that. We have this thing in our house, which we call our happiness jar. And it's in our kitchen and it's literally just a jar with, and we have a little pad of post-it notes. You know, those, not the ones with sticky on the back, just bits of paper. And um, the whole family does it. Whenever something has happened that's good, we write it down, we write the date, and we write what's happened and we put it in the jar. And then either on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, we tip the jar out onto the table and we just read out loud all the great things that have happened to us this year. And it was such a nice feeling to just write down on a piece of paper. I got offered a new book deal today for my next book. So that's my win. What's the biggest life lesson you've learned in the past year? That I can. I think that's been my biggest life lesson. I used to be brave all the time. When I was younger, um, I had a very brave mindset. And I was always sort of looking forward at, at dreams and goals and I didn't have vision boards or anything, but in my head I did. I had ideas of what I wanted to do and be. And um, in difficult times when I was younger, I always sort of focused on, on that. And uh, I lost that for a while. I would say I lost that for about 20 years, which is really sad when you say that out loud. And uh, that was due to a variety of circumstances, but mainly due to some not very nice people who were in my life and made me feel that I wasn't worth anything. And this year, this past year, although it's been incredibly challenging, actually showed me that the, the brave girl who I used to be is still there and she's come back and I realized actually that although although we feel like things are insurmountable and we'll never get through them and we can't get round them or past them or dig our way under them and we can't reason with them and we can't wish them away there is always a way to figure out how to work through it always and this year My biggest life lesson was that I am still capable of figuring out ways to make my dreams come true. It's funny, when I was younger, all I ever wanted to do was be a writer. And when I was a teenager, I wrote my first ever published bit of work that was for a national magazine when I was 15, 15 or 16. And I didn't tell anyone because I knew I'd get bullied for it at school, so I kept it to myself. And then 
um, when I was 24. My parents had, had moved abroad and um, I had been traveling and, and they'd asked me to come back and look after my sister, which I did. Um, I literally packed everything I owned into the back seat of my mum's old Fiesta and I moved to London to be a writer. And I didn't have any contacts apart from one friend who I knew that lived down here. She was an accountant and I slept on her floor and then I moved into a bedsit, literally the size of a disabled toilet. And I lived there whilst going to journalism school and then working for free for anyone who'd have me and then eventually getting a job and just sort of kept going until I got what I dreamed of. And it's really easy to do these things when nobody else is counting on you and you have nothing to lose. But doing that again at 51 and walking away from something that is so shiny and so coveted by other people was a huge challenge that I'm really proud that I did. And that was one of my biggest life lessons, I suppose, was that I still had it in me. What you didn't see during that was if I sounded a little bit distracted, it was because I didn't want to yell at the dog halfway through because the blooming dog decided to roll in fox poo, which is great. Because Mama's got to clear that up when she gets home. <laughs> Hello. He's taking advantage of the fact that I'm distracted because normally I'd be on it like a shot, but I was busy chatting away and I looked round. I was like, no, what are you doing? Complete the following sentences. Being healthy is feeling strong. I don't mean as in like Thor. I mean, just feeling strong, feeling, feeling good. And, and I said feeling, not looking. It's to do with the feeling. It's to do with when you feel that you're standing up straight and strong. I think that's why I enjoy yoga so much, because it's all to do with just being strong. I am most me when... I'm on my own. when I'm not having to be something for someone, when I'm not having to be a wife or a mum or a business partner or a TV presenter or a leader in some way. I'm just being me. The best thing about my walk today has been thinking out loud. It's very different to doing an interview where either you're sitting opposite someone or you're talking to them on the phone or what have you. And there's a, there's a little bit of you that can't help it. You want the other person to like you or, or think, yeah, that was a really great thing to say. And the difference with doing this is actually you forget that someone's gonna hear it. You're almost talking to yourself. And what's really interesting is this is how I write. When I write, I, I just, it's like I'm talking through my fingers and I don't necessarily think about what's gonna come out. I know what my starting point is, but I'm always really curious as to where the end point will be. So the best thing about my walk today has not been talking with my fingers. It's been talking with my feet. Well, I have huge respect for Andrea for getting out in that pouring rain, but she didn't sound deflated by the weather at all. In fact, I found her refreshingly honest and brave. But I'm so excited to get stuck into Andrea's answers with Rachel and Stacey from the health and wellbeing team. 
But before we get to that, let's take a minute to hear from our sponsor, Skechers. Walk to Wellbeing is proudly sponsored by Skechers. Put a spring in your step with Skechers' range of comfort-boosting shoes featuring the very latest walking technology. The new lightweight, high-flex ArchFit range is designed to take great care of your feet, wherever your walk to wellbeing may take you. Over 20 years of data was used to create the amazing ArchFit cushioning insole, which is removable too, and provides complete foot and arch support for all day comfort. Shop the ranges online at sketchers.co.uk. That's S-K-E-C-H-E-R-S.co.uk, where you'll find thousands of shoes, boots, and trainers to bring you and your family style and support with every step. So welcome to episode four. Welcome back, Rachel and Stacey. Thanks for joining me on the podcast this week. How are you both today? I'm great. Thank you, Holly. It's lovely to be back. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. It was um, great to hear Andrea's talk today. I really enjoyed it. It was brilliant, wasn't it? I was really in awe of her walk. And I loved um, when she was talking about being anywhere warm because I am longing for some sunshine Although she did not sound deflated at all on her walk, but I do know what she means about either feeling invigorated or deflated by the weather. And I think we've had a very long, wet month. So bring on the sunshine. Yeah, definitely, for sure. I think you guys know I'm a rain person. So I was imagining her trudging through the rain thinking, oh yeah, that sounds quite nice. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, a a little sunshine wouldn't go amiss in May. The weather's even defeated Rachel, who loves the rain. <laughs> yeah, well, that's where living in the desert for 10 years gets you. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was so lovely joining Andrea on her walk, wasn't it? And she's she's very inspiring. I loved that people kept stopping to talk to her. And it seems like she gains a lot herself from knowing that she's inspiring other people, which is great because she certainly inspired me on her walk today. Definitely. Although I did find it really interesting when she said that she would take the dog out, but she wouldn't necessarily take herself out for a walk. And it made me wonder what else we would happily do for others, including our pets, that we perhaps wouldn't think to do the same for ourselves. Yeah, because we need to learn to be more selfish. Absolutely. <laughs> Which is uh, this interesting concept that keeps coming back, right? Mm-hmm. And um, it harks back to Amanda's episode, episode one. If you haven't listened, go download it. Um, is we need to reframe the way that we think about the concept of being selfish because it's everybody, you know, there are these quotes, so stop being so selfish, but it's not about that. It's about carving out time for yourself and loving yourself. And it's amazing how much lockdown I think has made people realize that, that actually it's fine to make time for yourself, whether you're taking yourself for a walk or having a bath, doing yoga, reading a book, gardening, whatever it is that makes you maybe it's just stopping for a second sitting on the couch for five minutes with a cup of tea yeah just allowing yourself that time and it's interesting isn't it that you know a word with the word self in it has become so negative yeah yeah definitely it's almost become misused I think yeah definitely Stacey I love that you switched it around to it's just love it's self-love but I found it really interesting that she's gone into business with her husband I don't know if anyone else picked up on that and I purely was wondering that because this morning I went on a walk with my husband and we were daydreaming on our walk of the wouldn't it be amazing if like she was saying and that just got me thinking I wonder how you go from daydreaming to making the leap and she's obviously made that jump into uncertainty Um, despite what other people thought she's followed her heart she's followed her gut and you could actually hear in her voice how happy she felt for stepping into that braveness I don't know um what you thought Rachel about that I have so much admiration for her because like you said we do the exact same thing Holly my husband and I we go for walks and you know, everything just starts rolling off our tongue. We have so many conversations. We brainstorm lots of things. And 
it's probably where all of our idea generations for everything come up is on our walks. And we also are big dreamers, but it's like that idea, how do I get that into action? Mm -hmm. And I have so much admiration for Andrea because she's not let her age hold her back. And she's proved that you can follow your dreams, even though it's incredibly terrifying to quit a stable job, especially during a pandemic where you have that stability. And then you take the leap into the unknown and you head down a new path that has so much uncertainty. Um, obviously, it seems like it's worked out really well for her, which is great. And for some people, it doesn't work. But you know what's you can't feel fear of failure because if you don't fail at something, then you've probably never tried something new. So you'll never really learn and you can never achieve anything if you don't try something new. So I've, I'm feeling a bit like I now need to go out and start <laughs> trying more new things and maybe starting on some of my dream projects because I need to stop making excuses. Thank you, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's so true. And that's a really nice way you phrase that, actually, that it's just about trying something and you know, you won't get to failure if you if you haven't tried. Should I trademark that? I think you should. <laughs> <laughs> I actually saw a really great quote the other day, which I actually shared with you, I think, um, which said, be brave enough to suck at something new. And I can't remember where it came from, but I, I think that. I saw it on Dr. Hazel Wallace's Instagram account. And I think that's essentially what Andrea's doing. I'm not saying that she's sucking at all. It sounds like she's nailing this. Um, but she's mm. allowing herself to be brave enough to try something new, like you said, Rachel. Um, and it sounds like that's what's inspired her new book idea as well. Yes, I can't wait to read her new book, actually. I found that a lot of things Andrea said were um, perfect little post-it notes. I think I, I might that. write and go post around my house in different places. Yeah. Like, be brave and I can. I love that mm. she said that. What's one thing that you've learned? I can. It's so simple, isn't it? But... I think it's amazingly honest of her to say that she's felt for 20 years that she couldn't really be herself and achieve things. And I don't know where we get this from. I mean, she's an accomplished woman. You would never look at someone like that and think mm. that she didn't have the self-confidence or that other people were bringing her down, but it sounds like they were. So it's brilliant now that she's learned that. And I wish more people had that sort of self-confidence to say, yes, I can do this, no matter how big or small it is. Yeah, definitely. It was so inspiring what she was saying about how um, how that kind of feeling had changed as well. So when she was younger, um, she found it a lot more difficult to sort of trust her gut with things and do things, but it actually sort of had gotten a bit better as she got older as well. Yes, and uh, harking back to what you said about childhood, I love the concept of the happiness jar because it reminded me of when we were children and you used to have the little sticker charts and, you know, well done, you helped the washing <laughs> up, you get a gold star today. It, it's, it seems a little bit patronizing, but I think the happiness jar just takes it to a whole nother level, yeah. which I absolutely love. Um, and it, it also shows how much you've achieved. So um, we actually, in my family, started a tradition, my father and I, where we make a video every year. And it started off as one second clips every day, but now we do it where it just has to be 12 or 15 minutes. So we change the theme and you think that, oh, my, my year's been really dull, you know, oh, it's been lockdown. I haven't done that much. But even my 2020 video was packed with things because we were going for walks and I was doing a lot of gardening and we were trying new projects at home. And when you put all those together into a year long video, you go, actually, I've done a lot this year and I've achieved new things. I've learned new skills. I think that's what the happiness jar would be. I can just imagine Andrea's family sitting around the jar at New Year's and opening up all their little notes and reading them and going, oh yeah, I achieved this. That's so great. I love that idea. Yeah. And I think it's so easy to remember all the rubbish things that occur throughout the day, the month, the year, the year we've just had. Um, and to forget all those small wins, like you said, Rachel, you know, those little projects you might have started or, you know, those lovely walks you might have been on. And I was thinking how amazing it would feel on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day to tip out that jar and remind yourself of 
all those things that actually went well over the past year. And sometimes when we're working through hard moments and we're willing our situations to change and it seems like a really far away and you can't imagine what the end of the year might look like but I love the idea of you know getting to getting to the end tipping out that jar and actually realizing you achieved a lot or you had some really great wins so I think I'm definitely going to start that this year. I also really loved what Andrew was saying about how um, she prefers to incorporate rituals over having like a routine like in the morning she was talking about having um like hot lemon water in the morning and having like a meditation practice and a yoga practice um and I just I don't for me personally I'm absolutely terrible at having a routine so I really love the idea that you could sort of start your day with like little um rituals and like little celebrations and I was just wondering if you guys like felt the same about that yeah when she said your day starts the night before I was like oh wow (laughs) that line floored me (laughs) so I was thinking to myself oh okay what could I be doing in the evening to make the next day easier for myself and I know something like making your bed can feel like a bit of a chore but Andrea's tip of having it as an inviting treat for you to return to after you've worked hard all day because you deserve it and I was listening to her thinking yes Andrea (laughs) I do deserve to return to a really great bed and I was like great I'm making my hotel bed tonight (laughs) I'm definitely gonna be doing that as well Uh, I loved her little rituals I'm not really a routine person because I feel like it gets a little bit boring Um, but I it's funny how rituals seem a bit different to having a routine so I think I might actually adopt some of her rituals as well. I like that. And uh, I've I've discovered Wim Hof as well. Um, there was a brilliant Gwyneth Paltrow episode of her Goop show on Netflix with Wim Hof. And I understand the health benefits, but there's just something about cold water that I can't get to grips with. <laughs> and if Andrew said she's been doing it for a while and she still doesn't enjoy it, I'm not sure if I want to put myself through that. But, you know, everybody has their own thing so maybe I just need to find three I like the number three that's a great Mm. number I need to find three rituals that are going to work for me every morning yeah and I think you can get used to it Rachel I've just started this week shock shower therapy which means going from as hot as you can tolerate to then as cold as you can tolerate and believe me there have been some squeals and screams coming from the bathroom (laughs) this week but I really liked Andrea's tip of putting on a song and getting to the end of it and I was thinking, okay, maybe that's how I can channel like, the initial shock. And then maybe I might even hit those elusive octaves of Mariah Carey that I've been trying for, <laughs> you know, years and years. So I was like, great, this sounds brilliant. I know. I've thought about doing the cold shower um, method. Like I keep thinking about it because I keep hearing about it, but I just cannot bring myself to do it every <laughs> every day. But no, Andrea's Andrea's method of like, bringing like the radio in as well sounded like quite good at least you've got like a reassuring voice on the other end I think we need to be more brave Stacey in the words of Andrea yeah very true (laughs) (laughs) I love um Andrea by her own admission is 51 years old um I love that she's proven that you're never too old not that 51 is old um to learn life lessons to learn things um, and to achieve new goals, to try new things. So I have so much ad for admiration for her there because she's taken such a huge leap. Um, and I think as well that it shows you deserve every part of happiness that comes your way. Sometimes you do have to carve it out yourself. You have to take that leap of faith. Again, if you fail, you fail. Don't be afraid to try something new. Um, yeah, I just be brave in life and have that self-love and self-confidence. Definitely. And I think that leads me on to my takeaway from the interview, which I'll, I'll start with if that's all right with you girls. Um, but Andrea saying that she's still figuring out ways to make her dreams come true. That for me was my biggest takeaway from today. 
I know for me, when I was younger, I imagined that when you become an adult, you'd have it all figured out. And then you get to adulthood and you realize that is really not the case at all. And it's a life's work and you might never have it all figured out. But I feel like Andrea's no longer hustling for her worthiness. She's calling all of those pieces of herself back home. And that braveness was perhaps there all along, but she just forgot that part of herself for a while. And I think that's something that I can relate to. And so that's going to be my takeaway is stepping into that braveness again. What about you, Stacey? What, what are you going to take away? Um, I loved when she was talking about how um, exercise can feel like love, which I just thought that was really nice. And she was talking about how with yoga, she sort of slows down a lot and that gives her a chance to sort of um, think about things and just enjoy the movement of it. And I think there's a lot of pressure for us to be or do quite sort of like hard, intensive exercise, but it's nice just to slow down and do movement that feels like self-love and self-care. Mm. I think my biggest takeaway is, again, the concept of being brave. If Be brave and you can achieve big things and you can do it. You can do what you put your mind to. Um, and I love what she said at the end that uh, – walking or talking with her fingers and talking with her feet because I find this as well it's a bit like journaling when you walk you find freedom in your thoughts and your emotions and so whether you choose to talk with your fingers with your feet however you choose to talk um, it's just important to express yourself be brave and find that self-confidence to achieve new things and I don't know about any of our listeners but I had chills listening to that last line I adore the idea of talking with your feet instead of through your fingers like you said Rachel and I'm actually a bit in awe of Andrea after that interview and feel so lucky to have gone on that moving and motivational walk with her but I've also really loved chatting to you both today so a huge thanks from me to you Rachel and Stacey and of course to our incredibly uplifting guest on this podcast Andrea McLean. Most important of all though, thanks so much to you for listening. We've got loads more fantastic, fascinating guests coming up and we can't wait to share their wellness journey with you. And so until next time, from me and the whole of the health and wellbeing team, stay well and see you soon. Before you unlace your trainers, we've got an exclusive health and wellbeing magazine subscription deal for you, our lovely Walk to Wellbeing listeners. Head to giftstoyou.com forward slash APOD1. That's A-P-O-D and the number one to get three issues for just $9.99, saving you over 25% and delivered straight through your front door. The link is in the description of this episode to make redeeming this fantastic offer simple and easy. Remember to share your walk with us on social media using the hashtag walk to wellbeing. And you can even download exactly the same list of questions that you heard our guest chat through earlier in this episode. You can record your very own walk to wellbeing episode and we'd absolutely love to hear it. For all the details, head to this episode's description and we hope you enjoyed strolling with us today.